Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza. And like every week, uh, it's a beautiful week today. We are we are slowly, slowly creeping in to a big, big weekend, the the end the final week weekend of January. And I say that because I was looking at the schedule uh, prior to like starting the recording, obviously, and oh boy, it's gonna be a weekend. Like I'm just gonna run. Like I'm I'm looking right now at the Puroreso Puota schedule, and just hear me out. This is what we have for the weekend. We have uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. We have New Japan. We have Big Japan. We have Stardom. We have Ice Riven Mishinoku Pro. We have Dragon Gate, we have Noah, Diana, uh, Ice Driven, Zero One, Heat Up, we had JWP, we had 2AW, uh, DDT, Actress Girls. I, oh my God, this week, this upcoming weekend is going to be huge. And so, uh, for that reason, I was going to talk about two shows today. Um, I was going to cover DDT's uh, show from the, I think it was the 24th, yeah. And I was going, and I'm going to cover uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling's show from, also from the 24th. Um, But instead, I'm going to skip the DDT show. It wasn't particularly anything special. I watched it because of the Juki Bueno versus Okada, Yusuke Okada match. Which was really good. I really, really like it. I gave it about like a three stars and three quarters. Um, but that was about it when it came to the show. I didn't really feel like the rest was anything like noteworthy. Uh, and so, uh, we're going to use that time instead to just preview as many shows as we can, um, for that weekend. Uh, there's at least three shows that need to be previewed or, I mean, worth talking about. So, well, you know, we, we have a packed show. Let's not waste any time just bubbling around and let's go to all Japan pro wrestling, uh, new year wars, 2021. This is the final date of the three day, I guess, arguably tour. Uh, the first two were, uh, the second and the third of January. And then this is the, the culmination of the new Japan wars tour. Uh, and the culmination here was the big uh, main event title match where Suwamam, the champion, the Triple Crown champion, defeated Shotaro Ashino, the challenger. Um, personally, I thought this match was really good. I I was trying to like go back and compare it with the previous match they had last year. I... I actually, I think I like this one more. Um, like the the meat of the match, I think it was about the same. Um, but like when it came to the ending, I think I enjoyed this one a bit more. Mm, the match was just, you know, like mostly back and forward. They traded momentum for a while. They both worked on each other's legs. And so it was like really, really like good selling from both men. 
uh, as the match went on, they they also started like just slamming each other. I mean, we know Ashino is just uh, in a way a suplex machine, and Suwama, you know, he he can he has his his backdrops that he loves to use, and and it was actually that what led to Suwama retaining the title. It it was like he started just going backdrop 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 and wait he noticed that he just couldn't put down as you know he hit a huge lariat and then another backdrop for the win um like i said it was a good match i i think i rated it around the same as the one from last year i i know that a lot of people thought the ashino suwama match from last year was like a match of the year contender uh some people had it in their top three i I didn't think it was, but at the same time, it's one of those matches that if you are, if you really, really like Suwama, I can totally understand it. I am not the biggest Suwama fan. <laughs> I've never been. I don't know, like just something has always like not connected with when it comes to Suwama for me. But I, I mean, I have to say, like when I see a good match, I, I, I can recognize it. And in, in, in this case, this was a really good match. Uh, post-match we saw we saw Suwama put over uh, Chotaro and it was nice there was like a really interesting visual that I don't think it's going to go anywhere but we saw Les Enfants Terribles looking at Suwama and, and Chotaro Ashino kind of like you know shake hands and all that stuff and then Chotaro was helped to the back and there was just like this visual of all the Les Enfants just looking at uh, Ashino, kind of like you failed to, to capture the title. I don't think it's going to lead anywhere. But if you want to turn Shotaro Ashino babyface at this point and let, um, I don't know, like maybe like uh, Kodama or Arashi take over Les Enfants it wouldn't be a bad idea. I think the crowd is is really warm right now with Shotaro. And so it wouldn't be a bad decision. Uh but if you have to if you're gonna do that, then it's time to move the title away from Suwama. Which it was also kind of like my other problem that I had with this match. And I guess it's also something that I had with the previous match, is that Suwama at this point, like, I don't know. It's it's just because of Shotaro Ashino. Like, I didn't think that they were going to put the triple crown on Shotaro. And so that kind of like, I, in the back of my head, I knew that Suwama wasn't going to lose. And that happened the same time, uh, also on the first time. And so, I mean, that's always in the back of your head. Um, I... We are at a point where I think Suwama is reaching the year if he hasn't already um, with the title. I think it's run its course. Like, I don't think Suwama has anything else to prove with it. But at the same time, I don't think anyone is ready to take the title away from him either. Like, we, I, I, I considered... Ishikawa, like the breakup of the of the violent giants, could lead to it, 
but we are now gonna see as I mean spoilers for uh, in a couple of minutes Ishikawa versus Junkasai and like uh after the match Kohei Sato came out to challenge Suwama and that's yet another name that has like no chance of taking the title uh at this point Kento Miyahara is a tag champion with Aoyagi and so and also like Miyahara seems to be like heading into a feud with Abdullah Kobayashi of all men and so I don't know like I just find myself not really seeing that strong contender for the title uh Jake Lee still out there but he hasn't really done a lot and he actually feels kind of like uh he's cooled off a little bit um I don't know like I feel like he's starting the year kind of cool uh so I don't know where or like where we stand when it comes to like challengers for Suwama um but yeah like I I wouldn't mind seeing like in the couple of of months up like coming up for Suwama to lose a title to a heel uh that can just take on 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 new challengers and for Chotaro Chino like I would hate to see him leave Les Enfants Terribles because I, I really, really like that uh, unit. But, man, that guy is ready to be a huge baby face. And so whatever they decide to do, I think I think it's going to work out as long as it means giving Shotaro Ashino, like, just more to do. Like, he's so fucking good. Um, prior, the, prior to that match, we had... The AJPW World Junior Heavyweight title match. This was Koji Iwamoto, the champion, defending and defeating uh, Fuminori Abe. This was a great match. I The one thing that I, like really, really took me off of this match is that it was kind of stiff at some points. And there was one particular headbutt that just made me cringe. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it's one of those things that... Uh, like they they just make me think about the actual like injury that could have happened and so it kind of like breaks the the suspension of disbelief and 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 those are those that was the only thing that really took me out uh nonetheless it was a really really good match it was like like i said like really stiff a lot of striking a lot of um uh iwamoto just hitting the the kokono jutsu which is uh like a haraigoshi takedown for I think it's like Yudo fans. Uh, and so it was really fun. I, I I thought Abe like looked really, really good. He had like this, you know, like this cocky feel all the match. So it was, it was fun. I, I mean, there's not much to say. It was just a great match. Like a lot of striking and back and forward action. Um, I'm a big fan of Iwamoto's Kokono Jutsu and even though like one of them particularly didn't look so good when Abe took it, but like the way that they were like hitting them, like it just looked really cool. Like, and I like that he ends matches with it because it feels like a really spontaneous, spontaneous uh, move. So I don't know, like it was just fun. Uh, these two matches, I would totally recommend uh, checking them out if you are into all Japan and if you're not these are two good matches that you can watch to to try yourself out to see how you like the promotion uh, after this match 
we saw a video from Sima from Stronghearts and he challenged Iwamoto to a match. Iwamoto accepted. So we are going to be getting Shima versus Iwamoto for the junior heavyweight title. That should be fucking good. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, and then the other title match we had on the night was for the Gaora TV title. Hardcore. It was a hardcore match for the uh, Gaora TV title. Uh, the champion right now is Jun Kasai. Uh, the death match. I guess at this point we can call him legend because man, that that guy has had some legendary uh, death matches in Japan, and he's wrestling Black Menso Ray. So, for those who don't know Black Menso, uh, he is he is technically a soy sauce version of Curry Man. Uh, he is a comedy act. Uh, he during like 2019 he was Jun Akijama's pretty much like punchline like joke punchline because every match uh that they had like they were already always in the multi-man tag uh at that point Jun Akijama wasn't really doing much um Black Menso was always just doing comedy and so all of 2019 pretty much it was just about uh Jun Akijama scoop slamming uh, black men sewing the floor and that was it that was like that was like their whole year uh granted i cannot tell you what like how much that means uh black men so did during 2020 uh that is he was not really a, a wrestler that i followed during 2020 but now we have him here challenging june fucking kasai <laughs> in a hardcore match for a, a championship and like realistically i've seen junkasai have good matches with wrestlers like hyper misao who is like a woman maybe half his size and a rookie arguably and a comedy act from tokyo joshi pro wrestling and and they had like a really good match i think junkasai is someone that is like so so hardcore that you can have a comedy match with him and you can mix it up and make it look both fun and realistic without having to even like pull out Legos and gummy bears, you know, like that type of fun. And so I, I, I never doubted that this was going to be like bad or anything. I actually, I liked the match for what it was and, and what it was, was, Three quarters of a match of just doing like comedy and weapon spots. And it was fun. It was okay. Um, I don't know. Like it's comedy. It's black men. So comedy. You you need to see him to really understand what his comedy is about. Um, but like everything turned around uh, in the finals like quarter. They did a spot where so Junkasai went for the wooden skewers on black men. So the skewers, if you don't know them, they're like straight up, just long toothpicks. And so you grab a bunch of them, like imagine grabbing like spaghetti <laughs> and then you stab the man or the women, because I've seen that too on the head. And then you hammer the skewers down and then you release. And, and so the rest is going to have like this, 
just skewer head hair like hanging from their head. It's like an amazing visual when it comes to death matches. But since Black Menso has not only a mask, but the mask has like a huge I think it's like soy sauce ramen uh, on on his head. I think Black Menso is like a soy sauce uh, dish in in Japan. I could, and uh so when he goes for the skewers, they obviously don't hurt him. They don't even stick because, I mean, he has that huge thing on his head. And so Junkasai decides to take uh, Black Menso's mask off and completely changes the dynamic of the match. So at this point, let, let's let's make like a little side note. Uh, I wasn't super, I wasn't like a super fan of unmasking Black Menso. Like I said with Desperado, we all know that the man behind the mask is Yohei Nakajima. We've seen him without the mask. It's nothing new. But at the same time, I thought for the sake of doing a skewer spot, I don't really think we need to co completely unmask him. I think it would have been just perfectly okay ripping the top of the mask off and then doing the skewers. Because the point of the match was not unmasking black men. So the point of the, of this spot is, and this is the reason why I really, really like this spot, is to, bl to bring black men, so this comedy act, into Junkasai's world. Because... At the point where, like, all the stuff that we have seen have been, like, weapon shots and stuff like that. It's nothing really, like, it's, you can say, like, it's quote-unquote hardcore stuff. But none of that, is, like, all, like, none of that is, like, really that strong. And all of that, like, for Junkasai, is really just, like, child's play. Because, I mean, Junkasai. <laughs> And so, like, when you remove the mask and you actually connect the skewers to, to this comedy guy, like, it means we're bringing Black Menso into Junkasai's world where, like, hardcore stuff doesn't mean hitting you, you know, with a chair or, you know, choking you with a cable. It means I'm going to staff you with 30 skewers on your head. And, and so, like, that's what I felt like the dynamic of the match changed like beautifully because suddenly like black menso is like a super underdog baby face because i don't know like let, let me it's like imagine if we take uh so like let, let's compare it let, let me go for i guess for Okay, look, let's go for New Japan. <laughs> I don't want to use American promotions for this. Let's go for New Japan. And let's say that you have someone like 2020 Toru Yano, who is 100% comedy. And he, you know, he's doing his ha ha ha, he he he. And he's fighting, again, let's say like a Junkasai or, or I don't know, like, yeah, like maybe, yeah, Junkasai is, is perfect. Or, or maybe like an Ishii for, for New Japan. So, like, they're just having their fun, 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 fun. And then out of nowhere, like, 
Ishii drops Yano on his head and just starts beating the shit out of him. And there's no more laughing. Like, Yano has been brought in into a real fight. And there's no escaping other than the same door you came in, and that is fighting your way out. And that's exactly what happened here with Black Men. So, like, he he was pulled into Junkasai's world, and he had to go with it. Uh, at that point, like, you're not going to, like, laugh your way out of this match because Junkasai is unleashed. And, and, like, unfortunately, the match didn't go much longer. They did a couple of spots where just... Uh, like Black Menso got a couple of really, really good uh, kickouts uh, because it was just great that even though he was brought in, like he didn't give up. Uh, and and at the end, because uh, I just hit like, I think he hit like a, a three lariats for the win. I don't know if it was three or four, but he hit a bunch of lariats. And at the end, he pinned Black Menso. And I don't know, it was just like, like I was watching just like this happy go lucky match and then out of nowhere it's just like 180 degrees it turns and Junkasai just brought in the the skewers so I I really like that um having said all of that the match I thought it was like a three and a half quarter type of match it wasn't anything special uh like if you don't know black men so you may not even like find yourself like so invested in the match like I say this because I did watch all of 2019's Black Menso versus Junaki Jama stuff, and he's always been a comedy act for me. Uh, so it was just really different and weird to see this happen. After the match, uh, Junkasai uh, said he wanted a death match, and he made a, an open challenge, pretty much. And who would accept but Chuji fucking Ishikawa, who... Before coming to All Japan, he used to be a deathmatch guy. Uh, I mean, if you pay attention to his body, he's full of scars. He has the that that type of like scar map at this point, and so he made the challenge. And like coming off of this match, it was like a good point where they say like the match that we're gonna have like Ishikawa versus Kasai, it's not gonna be like this bullshit hardcore. We are going to have a legit death match. And Jun Kasai is like, bring him, motherfucker. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure Kasai knows Ishikawa well. And, and Ishikawa knows Kasai well. So, uh, it seems like all Japan is heading into a death match. Like, a BJW type of death match. So, buckle up, Buttercup. Because it's going to be good. <laughs> uh, the rest of the, the show was just like, it was okay. It was kind of like there. Uh, we had... In the opener, Akira Francesco, Jake Lee, and Tajiri versus Purple Haze, uh, the team of Usanagi, Utsamaro, and Seuss. This was really a nothing match. It was a good opener, but nothing special. Francesco took most of the match. Uh, I think, I don't, I honestly do not remember seeing Jake Lee inside the ring at all. I, I mean, he was because he's the one who tagged in Francesco at the end, but. I swear that Jake Lee and Taji were not there more than three minutes uh, together. Um, so, yeah, but Sue's pin Francesco with a choke slam. It was okay. Uh, second one was Alejandro Carvelito Carvelito, <laughs> and Takao Mori versus uh, Evolution, the team of Jan Tamura and Hikaru Sato. 
and Rambo Kawamura. And if you don't know Rambo Kawamura, he is a wrestler cosplaying Rambo, like Sylvester Stallone Rambo. Uh, the honestly, the first time I saw him was when he challenged for the for Sanchiro Takagi's hardcore uh, DD title from DDT. Uh, so it, he's a comedy act. And this was also like just a short match. It was like it, your usual second matches in most promotions in Japan tend to be just like the comedy match. And so this was it. We had some some comedy with Rambo. And but I mean, for the most part, the stuff with Tamura, Sato and Ito and Alejandro was really good. Uh, Omori, I don't think he really did much other than taking the loss when Sato submitted Omori. But that was it. The third match was Chikara, Ryujisai, and Yoshitatsu versus the Twin Towers, uh, being uh, Kohei Sato and Juchi Jigawa, and Ryuki Honda. This was kind of mad, too. Like, th my, my problem with this match was that one side of the ring was a super weak team. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Sai. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Yoshitatsu and Chikara. Is really nothing at this point and so it really just felt like one-sided like I wouldn't call it a squash because Ryoji Sai was the guy who did kind of get some offense in but that was about it and at the end uh, Ichikawa no Sato pinned Chikara with a power driver and that makes sense because Kohei Sato would end up challenging Suwama for the title uh, later tonight and so at this point Kohei Sato and Chuchiko Ishikawa are going to be going for titles soon so I can't imagine either of those titles uh, change hands but you never know like when it comes to Junkasai I don't know how for how long he's going to be wrestling with All Japan so by all means they can put the title on Ishikawa so we'll see where it goes and finally the only match that I hadn't mentioned was uh, eight man tag with next stream that being Atsuki Aoyagi, Aoyagi Kento Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and Yuma Aoyagi versus Les Infanteries, Hot Kuto, Omori, Koji Doi, Kuma Arashi, and Yusuke Kodama. This was actually really good. Uh, it was really short for that amount of people. I wish they would have had more time. But having said that, like the match was so great that I didn't feel cheated uh, at the end. Like uh, I felt like everything was good. Um, I don't know. Like this was this was the best match that I had seen up to this point uh, in the week, actually, because I hadn't. It had been like a really slow week for me at this point. Uh, Hayato was the baby face on Pearl early on, and then uh, Miyahara came in, and every like things got crazy. Uh, I don't know. This was fun. Like walking out of this match, I I'm really really hungry for a Kento Miyahara versus Hokuto Omori match, uh, which is not likely gonna happen anytime soon. I don't think so. Um, I think Atsuki Aoyagi and Hokuto Omori are going to continue feuding, and so I mean, no complaints there. I just really really wanted to see Miyahara and Omori go at it, and that was pretty much it for All Japan. Uh, New Year's War 2021. Uh, they announced a couple of matches up, uh, coming up. Not not for this weekend, uh, but we are going to have uh, a Kento Miyahara versus Abdullah Kobayashi program. They 
They're going to have a singles match, and they're going to have a Miyahara and Aoyagi match versus Kobayashi and Daisuke Sasaki. So that should be... Like, the singles match is going to be interesting, uh, especially to see if Miyahara can do the, the German. But the tag team should be really good. Uh, I mean, it should be fun. Daisuke Sasaki versus any of those guys is going to be fun. And, and that was... All Japan's New Year Wars, uh, you know, it was it was a good show. Uh, it was the end of the turn, the tour, so I I really wanted to catch it. Uh, but having said that, it's also like nothing really special. Um, you know, it's it wasn't noteworthy other than like I think the most noteworthy thing here was the challenges made for the future. So that's not always a good sign for the show, but. At this point, let's get into previewing what's going to happen this weekend. I man, I, I just been salivating over everything that I, I that we're gonna go into. Uh, like I said, I ran down the amount of shows that we're going to have this weekend, uh, but I'm only going to let's only preview three, uh, which I think may be like the most noteworthy ones. Uh, we're going to preview. The new beginning in Naoya from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We are going to preview uh, Stardom's uh, show from uh, on the thirtieth, and let's preview. Mm, let's see which one. So Noah's Noah has a show on the thirty-first, uh, which is going to be like a bit. Well, it's not going to be like it's like a road to show, but I think it's going to be interesting, uh, and we'll talk about that. I, I, actually, we can start with that one. Uh, January 31st in Korakan Hall. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah is going to have their show that's it's building up to their big Keiji Muto versus Gocho Saki match. Uh, the card, let me run it down really quick. So starting from the bottom, we have Junta Miyawaki, Kenya Okada, and Yasuta Kayano versus Hao, Nio, and Tadasuke. We have Mohamed Yone, Shuhei Taniguchi, and Yohei versus Atsuki, Atsushi Kotoge, Yoshiki Inamura, and Daiki Inaba. We got Takashi Sugiura and Kendo Kashin versus Katsuhiko Nakajima and Masaki Tamiya of Congo. We got Yoshinari Ogawa, Hayata, and Juja Susumu versus Kotaro Suzuki, Ikuto Hidaka, and Nosawa Rongai. Uh, in the semi, we have Masakatsu Funaki uh, coming back. Uh, for some more shows and Masato Tanaka uh, which I mean that that team sounds fun and interesting versus Keno and Manabu Soya uh, as we know Funaki and Keno are right now headed into a match and in the main event we got Gocho Saki Kaito Kiyomiya and Daisuke Harada versus Keiji Muto Maru Fuji and Seiki Yoshioka which is obviously building to Go Chiyosaki and Keiji Muto, the title match that we are all dreading because I think I think the consensus right now is that Keiji Muto is likely going to win. Uh, but from here, it may be interesting to see the dynamic between Kiyomiya and Keiji Muto, mainly because uh, Muto submitted Kim Kiyomiya not long ago and from what I've from like the prediction that most people have right now, just following like following have how things have been being built 
and the fact that Muto is not necessarily like in great condition. Uh, but a lot of people are expecting Keiji Muto to defeat Chiyosaki for the GHC title. And then later on, Kiyomiya can go and challenge and take the title from Muto. And I mean, not only uh, taking the title off him, but also getting his win back. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamics being played, uh, especially like in that main event. Mm. Other than that, like, it, it's it's still a build-up show we need to see like how like how other what other things uh happen before we get to the big show this is going to be i understand live in abima tv and i i think don't quote me i think it's going to have an english uh broadcast so it may be worth checking out uh the other show that we want to cover preview is stardom from the 30th uh this show is is there a big ending to january i think well obviously we still have a couple of shows before budokan um but this uh, this show is this show is similar to the to the the 10th anniversary in the sense that it has some big matches uh but it's also um, like a a point in between the the shows where we're probably going to see some development towards Bulkan and mainly in the in the main the main two matches but starting from the bottom uh we have a three-way battle we have um Gokigen Def uh representing stars versus Natsuko Tora Representing Oedo Tai versus Lady C, the rookie. Um, this is a somewhat interesting combination. Like, understandably, Gokigen Def and Lady C is not surprising, but then you mix up to- uh, Natsuko Tora, who just challenged for a title. So it just seems like a really weird uh, three way, but I mean, sure, is the opener. Uh, we have the team of Ruaka, Sayaida, and Starlight Kito versus. Saya Kamitami, Asumi, and Utami Hayashishita, the Red Bell champion. Uh, from here, I mean, we know that Utami Hayashishita and Saya Kamitami are going to be firing at Budokan. Uh, so I think at this point, we are going to start to see the dynamic of them not only tagging together, but how they're like th- how they start to antagonize maybe each other, uh, like in a friendly way, competitively. And uh, at, at this point, I don't think we have a match for Saya Ida and Starlight Kid for Budokan. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we start to see some challenges come from, from here. Uh, obviously, uh, they're not going to challenge each other, but we'll see if someone comes out. Asumi is already, like, packed versus Natsuboy. So, she's probably just going to be, like, here. Uh, in the match and obviously Ruaka is most likely taking the pin because she is the the rookie uh next up we had a singles match uh 10th anniversary special match Mayuri Watani versus Saki Kashima uh, I mm, I mean no thoughts I think Iwatani is going to get a good match out of Kashima 
I mean, Kashima is pretty decent sometimes. And, and so, I mean, no no complaints. I We know we know it's going to be Yoshiko versus Iwatani at Budokan. I, I don't know if Yoshiko is going to be in this show. Um, they may want to keep the next interaction for later down in February. Um... Yeah, so I don't really expect much. Maybe Iwatani will just cut a promo or something on Yoshiko or something. Nothing special. We have uh, Dona del Mundo, Micah, and Julia versus the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Unagi Sayaka. Um, this, so this is a match that I actually talked about uh, when I reviewed the 10th anniversary. I just feel that we're going to get Julia versus Tam Nakano as the the belt, the the white belt challenge at Budokan. Uh, I I originally expect I originally hoped uh, there was gonna be Tam Nakano versus Hayashishita, but since we're gonna have Kamitami versus uh, Hayashishita, I just feel like I just feel like Nakano needs to ch challenge for a title at Nippon. Because she was definitely like one of the best wrestlers of stardom last year. And it just feels like she should be in a big match at Nippon Budokan. And and given this match, I wouldn't be surprised if Nakano pins Julia for the challenge. So I don't know. Let, let's see. We'll see how it goes. But I may have my prediction correctly. So we'll see. Next up, we had a match for the Goddess of Stardom Championship. Uh, the champions, Oedotai, that being B. Priestley and Konami, are going to be defending against the team of Donald Mundo, Himeka, and Natsupoi. Um, this, I mean, this should be awesome. We saw Konami versus Natsupoi on the last show, and it was awesome. And so, for the most part, this should be great. Uh... It's I, I like I love the the dynamic between Natsupoi and Himeka, and I can imagine like given the size of of B Priestley, she she ha should have like a good interaction with Himeka, maybe kind of slow, but it should be good. But I don't know, like this this should be a, a really good match. I have high hopes for this match, and the main event. This is a match that as soon as I saw the the tag match on. On the 10th anniversary, I was like, I want to see this match. And then, boom, a week later, they gave it to me. And this is the SWA World Championship match. The champion, Siuri, versus Momo Watanabe. And this should be fucking awesome. Um, I have no reason to believe that this isn't going to be awesome. Siuri is slowly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers right now of the time. Um, I don't know if if like there, here's a plug. Uh, if if you go to Twitch and and well, actually on Twitter easier, uh, look up Church of Joshi. Uh, this is a, a Twitch channel that they do every Sunday. They do a Joshi focused show and they focus always on one or uh, like either a wrestler or a team. Uh, this last weekend they focused on Suri, and it was just like. Tons of fun matches. Series just fantastic. Um, 
like she is really really is like just becoming my favorite wrestler uh for sure in, in stardom but like maybe or like all around the world she may be like at least my favorite female wrestler suit is just fantastic and she's going against momo watanabe who has always been a fucking wrestling machine she is just a, a great great wrestler and so this should be a hell of a match i like this is the one match that i am most excited to watch this weekend and and that includes like the show that we're about to talk about but this should be fucking awesome like this is the match that i'm going to try to watch and cover next week i promise i just really really hope that stardom uploads the show quickly so we can talk about it if not this is a show that i am most likely going to give a mini-sode if we cannot cover on next tuesday but i mean that that's that's stardom that's the whole show it looks really really promising um you know stardom has been on a roll since last year they like every show that i've watched of stardom has been a banger and poof, this this looks to be just yet another one and the final show that we're going to preview tonight is new beginning from nagoya the new japan um this is arguably the the first big stop in the new beginning tour this is always like a really weird tour because they do uh a bunch of road tours and then they do like Nagoya and then they do like a, a couple of other rotus and then they go to um, Hiroshima and so this is the first big one it's taking place at Aishi Prefectural Gymnasium this is also on the 30th um, we have three big matches in this show but quickly to run the first the openers we have Chaos, Kazuchika Okada and Toruyano versus uh, the Bullet Club team of Yuhiro Takahashi and Evil. We know that Okada and Evil are right now in the program. Um, so I, I'm interested to see Evil versus Okada. Uh, we'll see if Evil can. Well, the other way around. Let's see if Okada can bring out a good match from Evil. It's obviously going to have cheating. Like, don't go in pretending you're not going to see cheating. But let's see if it's a good type of cheating match. <laughs> um, we have the team of Master Wato, Cho, Tomoaki Honma, and Kota Ibushi versus Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Sanada. Uh, from this, we know that Kota Ibushi and Sanada are headed into a double championship title match at the end of the tour. Um, so, should be good. Um, Cho and Bushi. Wait. No, Master Wato and Bushi have been antagonizing each other and showing you and Hiromu Takahashi. So there's a lot here. Obviously, maybe Naito and Honma are going to sign a feud. I don't know. <laughs> They're just there for filler, really. Um, and then we go into the, the final three matches. Th these shows actually uh, worth mentioning. They're having just five match uh, shows. Really, really short. Uh, obviously, we all know that Japan right now is going through a little COVID scare um japan is really really proactive when it comes to like scares like man like <laughs> i don't want to talk shit about my city but i live in a city with more COVID cases daily than the whole country of japan and japan is already being productive proactive about how they deal so new japan is just having like really short shows they're trying not to like 
go like crazy or anything so they're just having this five match shows and they have they have been pretty like they have been easy to watch in terms of timing but i do have to say they haven't been like the best wrestling shows uh i mean i've seen better stuff right now obviously from stardom or, or from tokyo joshi or, or or whatnot so but like this last matches they should all be bangers well yeah in their in their own sense and here's the first one it's hiroyoshi tensan versus a great okan uh and let me preface this by saying the united empire versus tenkoji feud has been fucking great <laughs> I, it may not be like a popular opinion but i thought that it's been like the one of the best things that new japan has been doing since the tokyo dome like to me like sho takahashi and ibushi sanada they kind of write themselves there's really nothing special okada versus evil has been meh uh even tanahashi versus takagi like i'm really really hyped for that match and we're gonna i mean we already mentioned that i'm really hyped for that match for the wrestling but i'm not excited for i don't know like i'm not i haven't been enjoying it as much as i've have the united empire versus tenkoji I'm a big fan of, of Kojima. Tensan, like, I can give and go any, like, I don't really care much about him. But just this little feud has been really, really fun for me. It it feels like a really, really, like, blood feud out of nothing. Uh, it all started in New Japan Dash, New Year's Dash, when the United Empire injured and took out Tensan. And so just from that, it's been just, like, really, really like heated stuff um and so the first match of that feud is the great okan versus hiroshi tension and the stipulation just got added that the loser must stop using the mongolian chop this is really really interesting uh for many cases obviously we know that tensan right now the only thing he has left is the mongolian chop that is that is his thing um and so it like on on one side you don't want Tenson to lose his one thing. It's like if you take the Larius from Kojima or if you take uh the slaps from Suzuki, you know, it's his thing. And so on one side you don't want Tenson to lose. On the other side, Great Okan is a guy that's just barely starting his career. You don't want him to just like you don't want to remove the move. Uh, remove the move <laughs> that uh, it's going to eventually become part of his thing and I think there's the argument that Tenzan is more than likely way past his prime way past the twilight of his career he is definitely like heading down I could make an argument that uh, Manabu uh, Nakajima uh, who retired last year is in better uh, Nakaji, Nakanishi sorry <laughs> uh, Manabu Nakanishi is it was in better uh, physical you know like overall than Tenzan is right now and if he retired I think there's an argument that Tenzan's retirement is imminent it's I mean we I'm pretty sure we can all see in the horizon and so don't be surprised if 
this match is the start of his retirement. This is where he loses his big move and he like in a way passes it on to the great Okan. And and at this point, Tenson not having his move anymore, he may start to consider retirement and we may lead into Tenson's like retirement tour, maybe headed towards Dominion or around those dates. Uh with the hopes probably that they can get fans uh, or more fans for a big Tenson retirement match. So I don't know. I, I think this is a match that can go either way uh, just because of that stipulation. Like this is a match that like before the stipulation, I I just figured, oh, Great Okan's going to win. I mean, whatever. Uh, I mean, Tenkoji's probably going to do the job for both guys. I mean, sure. It's okay. It's It's the right thing to do. But now with the stipulation, they actually made me wonder who is going to win this match. So I'm all for like stipulations that make me wonder. Uh, and the fourth match is the other side of that feud. This is Will Ospreay versus Satoshi Kojima. This is the, the stipulation here is that it's just like a no DQ match, which uh, I mean, it should be good uh, when it comes to no DQ matches like. Let's be realistic. New Japan doesn't really give if you have no DQs or DQs. The the referees still don't give a fuck. Uh, but when it comes to like no DQ matches, uh, the only really difference is that they do stuff with tables. They don't really go hardcore or anything. They mostly just do table stuff. Uh, but this should be like a really good uh, match. Um, uh, Osprey's one of those guys that like nicely mixes up with anyone he's really good at uh taking your style and working it and kojima is a guy that can still go so this should be really really good like i was one of the the people who really really loved kojima versus kenta and so i am all for this uh 2021 kojima resurgence <laughs> uh so this should be good uh i'm obviously i, I think osprey is gonna win like I have zero question on that, but I think the matches should be good. And finally, the main event of the night is um, Shingo Takagi's second defense of the Never Openweight Championship against the challenger Hiroshi Tanahashi. And like the the feud to this has been mostly just Shingo saying like you're the ace, like that doesn't mean shit, dude. Just bring the match. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi on the other side has been saying that he wants to use the open the never open weight title as his first like stepping stone into going back into world heavyweight title contention which in a way insulted Chingo Takagi because Chingo's like like you're you're saying that you're going to take my title as a stepping stone for yourself to go to another title and, and like fuck that like the never open with title is the title it's my title and like it's no one's stepping stone so like there is a little storyline there uh the the thing about this match is that the the styles like shingo can can work any style <laughs> like never doubt shingo uh and tanahashi for that matter like Never doubt Tanahashi, but we all know that Tanahashi at this point of his career, he is he's just older. 
And so it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh. Uh, Chingo is a guy that just tends to be sometimes kind of physical. And so I am worried for Tanahashi, but I'm pretty sure they're just going to have like a great match that's probably going to build around uh, Chingo slapping the bejesus out of, of Tanahashi and Tanahashi working on, on Chingo's legs, obviously. Uh, where the point where uh, Chingo's going to be having trouble... Uh, you know, hitting a, a proper pumping bummer, but then he's going to power up and, and do it and, and hit made in Japan. This is a match that I, I really don't know who could win it. Uh, I find it hard to believe that Tanahashi would lose to Chingo, but I also find it hard to believe that Chingo would lose the title uh, already. So, I don't know. This one's going to be interesting too. I think the last three matches are just going to be like really worth going out of my way to watch um, for different reasons. Some for, for the work rate, some for the storyline and the repercussions. But like I said, these are easy shows right now. Uh, the, the New Japan shows, they're honestly worth watching if you have the time. Uh, and if you like New Japan, the, the, the road to shows, like they haven't been so amazing. But I think this one from Nagoya is going to be. And I think those are the only shows that we are going to preview uh, like I said, there's a bunch of other stuff. Tokyo Joshi Pro has their big anniversary show, and it seems that they're going to like they're going to do like a tribute show to their first show. This that was similar to a Gato Move show. It was I think just like three wrestlers with uh, just a mat on the floor. So it's going to be really similar to Gato Move, uh, but now they're actually going to be they're going to bring all the superstars, uh, and they're still building to. To Rika Tatsumi versus Watanabe. So it should be good. It should be fun. Uh, we have, I think, uh, BJW has like an Astronauts match, and those fuckers are amazing. Like, if you haven't seen the Astronauts on on Big Japan, go watch them. Uh, yeah, so there's it, it seems like a really packed uh, Japanese based uh, weekend. I know there's some other. Uh, American promotions running shows on this weekend, but I wouldn't even be t able to tell you the cards, so I'm not going to cover them. Um, and no Impact, actually, for, for the first time in two weeks. But talking about Impact, yes, you know it. It's time for the Impact Traffic Report. Welcome, everyone, to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling from January 26. Uh, this is a show that's coming off the fallout of Hard to Kill. And this is like if you, if you go back into the history, at least like whole like 2020, 2019, even of Impact Wrestling, since they do pay per views, like proper pay per views every or four months or so. There's always that time in between pay-per-views where they're trying to like do relevant stuff, but not necessarily like heading already like into the pay-per-view. And and so like <laughs> you can go back and, and check those those reviews that I've done for those shows around this uh, this times. But usually the first or s mostly the second or third week of impact after a big pay-per-view they are shows where they start to build towards their big mid-season uh, stories. 
they start hinting you on what's going to be the big program at the end uh, of the season, heading into the, whatever next pay-per-view it is. And because of that, we sometimes get like the weird stuff, the weird uh, challenges. That's when we get stuff like Wrestle House or Who Shot Johnny Bravo. And so that was this week's show. <laughs> uh, it was an okay show. Like, I wouldn't say this show was anything special, but it did re deliver a big return. Well, big-ish return. And it's also hinting for other stuff like later down the road. And so it wasn't a bad show. Actually, in ring, it was pretty decent. But um, like in terms of storyline development, it's just one of those shows where you start to see buildups to things that don't really feel big because they're just going to be used for impact special episodes. Uh, and we know those those shows are not the main focus of impact. Uh, they do them mostly just to fill out, you know, uh, contractual obligations uh, and to have stuff to bring, you know, to like to have like s s unique stuff or exclusive stuff for the Impact Plus. So they're not things that you need to like complain that, oh, how are they going to do this? for No surrender. God damn it. It's not worth your breath. So the show opened up with Rich Swan coming down to the ring. And it's, a, it's, it's this is the first time that Impact has done an angle like this in a long time. Impact is a promotion that usually starts the show with a match with wrestling. Uh, it's really, really weird that they start a show with talking uh, like some other promotions do. But this was this was the first in a while. And. And so, like, when you don't do it as often, it doesn't really, it actually feels kind of special. It doesn't feel over, overdone. Uh, we saw Rich Swan come out and he was like, you know, I'm a fighting challenge, uh, fighting champion. Uh, I take on all comers. Uh, and, and so I want to bring out someone uh, who I want to challenge. And he brings out Tommy Dreamer. And so Swan says, February 13th, that is the the date for No Surrender, the next Impact Plus special. But it's also Tommy Dreamer's 50th birthday. And so for everything that Dreamer has done to the industry, to the locker room, to Impact, to Swan himself, he wants to offer Dreamer a title shot. Um, this provoked a couple of people. <laughs> Uh, Sammy Callahan came out, Chris Bay came out, and Moose came out, and they're all like, Sammy Callahan's just like, uh, I want a title shot because reasons. Chris Bay's like, hey, you know what? February 13th is also my birthday, so I'm the future of Impact. Maybe I should get the title shot gift. And then Moose comes out like, yo, motherfuckers are crazy. Like, Rich Swan already already promised me a title shot. <laughs> um, and so at this point, uh, they just started like brawling because because wrestling. And Willie Mack made his return from like a two week hiatus and made the save. So we have like we have six uh, three on three. Then the lights go out and now comes Kevin Tron Rock because we know that 
uh, where Sammy Callahan goes, Ken Shamrock also usually goes. And so like the 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 heels get the better of the baby faces uh, because it's it's four on three, it's okay. But the baby faces go and and they want to challenge like to a handicap match, just three and four, it doesn't matter. And Scott Demore is there and he says like, I got the perfect fourth man for you guys. And so they don't show who it is, but it's like ooh, like someone is here to back these guys up. And so we have our, our main event signed. Um, it's going to be a 404 with a mystery partner. So, I don't know. It's it okay. Like I said, it doesn't happen really often. Uh, so, no complaints. We got Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander defeating Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Uh, I mean, we, this the build-up to this match was really nothing. Uh, last week, Ace Austin and Fulton made fun of Josh Alexander for just being in a losing streak. And Matt Cardona made the save. Uh, and so they team up. And, and the whole f- purpose about this match was to show that Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander just like surprisingly seem to be really good as a team. And they pinned uh, Fulton. Uh, Cardona did with his uh, radio silence move. And so it, it does seem that going forward, it's going to be Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander as a tag team. This is really... Like on a personal level, this is really annoying because I think Mark Cardona sucks and Josh Alexander is awesome. So it just feels like, uh, and at the same time, with the ti- tag titles being surrounded with Impact, I mean, with the Good Brothers and AEW, and you know, more like stay like established teams like the Morrissey Machine Guns. I find it really hard to believe that Cardona and Alexander are going to even touch those titles so eh, it, it feels like a waste of, of alexander uh it is the unfortunate thing of ethan page leaving that josh alexander is not like fully established and he's not exactly like the most charismatic guy uh to just like go anywhere and so it's it does kind of feel like he's being left to dry and it's really unfortunate because I mean, Paige, for his own greed, like, he decided to just drop the North, who was, like, one of the best teams in the of the year. And uh, I'm not even going to get into that anymore. Uh, next up, we have Rohit Raju. Uh, he is, so like, he's cutting, like, pretty much like a promo to someone who we cannot see who it is. But he's saying, like, hey, next week I am wrestling TJP. It's a non-title match. But if you help me, we can defeat him. And then earn a title shot, and then we can go and regain the title. We don't see who it is, but that person agreed to help Raju. At uh, this point, I have no idea who it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, Mahabali Shira, uh, you know, making the Desi Hit squad once, once again. And sure, I mean, whatever. Uh, but it, it looked like a big guy for sure. <laughs> I just don't know who it is. Uh, then we got our weekly AW commercial with Tony Collins and and Skibone. This was actually this was like the worst one that they've done. The Tony Khan is just like completely now a heel cocky, like a cocky heel gimmick. Uh, he's just talking about private party and then they're in the card. These these commercials have really really lost any meaning to me 
they just run down the card and it's Tony Khan saying some heelish stuff. Uh, yeah, like to me, th this commercials mean nothing if he keeps talking shit about Callus and Callus doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like Tony Khan to me is a, is a geek if if he doesn't even uh, rustle Don Callis's feathers. Uh, we had a little thing backstage where Brian Myers and Matt Cardona met, I, arguably, I guess, for the first time since uh, Cardona debuted. Uh, and Myers told him, like, hey, like, so instead of tag teaming with me, you decided to tag team with this loser, uh, Josh Alexander. Uh, so, I mean, good, whatever, dude. Uh, like, while you're, like, tag teaming with a loser, I'm going to go challenge uh, a former world champion. And so that match was Brian Myers defeating Eddie Edwards by DQ. This was a really good match, but with a, it's a bad ending, a bad finish. But I think the finish is to set up like whatever new storyline is going to be happening with Eddie Edwards. Uh, the match was, for the most part, back and forward. The, the story here is that Myers calls himself the most professional wrestler. And he has been referring to Eddie Edwards as a garbage wrestler. And so obviously we saw Eddie Edwards out-wrestle Brian Myers until Myers had to cheat to get the upper hand. Uh, this was all good. Uh, but it was until the end where for just like no reason whatsoever, Eddie Edwards just started like uh, sinking his fingers into Myers' eyes. And then he, he started biting him. And... Like the commentary saying, I was like, like, hey, what? Like, this is not Eddie Edwards. This is normal. Like, something snapped inside of him. And so it does seem like Eddie Edwards may be heading into some sort of like identity crisis or self control type of storyline. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I'm, I'm already over with Eddie Edwards. The. The heel, like not the heel, like the the hardcore wrestler. I think he is like one of the most veteran wrestlers in Impact. I think he should become the Chris Hero of Impact in the sense that he is just that like that veteran who can have good matches with everyone, and so he is more about like not necessarily just putting new guys over, but having feuds like long-ish feuds that are about wrestling not about hardcore and so take your guys like your chris bass your Aust your ace austins your trey miguel's and and all those type of guys and oh shit i just spoiled Tr trey miguel <laughs> uh and take those guys and you know like help them grow as wrestlers but don't let don't let those things become hardcore matches because I don't think you learn much from hardcore as much as you can learn from just like straight up wrestling. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Eddie Edwards, he's a guy that just feels like all over the place. I think uh, going hardcore was fun, but it is a downward spiral and it's a dangerous one. Uh, next up, we had arguably the worst thing that happened this week, and this was the the whole Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan, uh, they call it Fire and Flavor Fest. So th it's it's a spoof on Fire Fest, 
uh, something that already happened like two or three years ago. I don't remember when, but it's it's. Yeah, I think it was like three years ago. It's it's not even fun anymore, but it's just about promoting this big festival, and then it turns out to be shit. Um. So like at this point of the show, they are just saying that they don't have people to serve, and so they're just going to get. Johnny Swinger to get people and which is obviously a terrible idea. Uh, we'll talk th this. There's more about it l later. So there, there's no point in going into it just yet. Uh, we had a promo by Matt Hardy. Pretty much. He's just pretty much congratulating private party because Matt Hardy led them <laughs> to the victory. Um, and there, he's just pretty much saying that I want private party to win both the impact Tag titles and the AW tag titles so that you guys earn more money and then that means that i can earn more money it's it's honestly like good plan <laughs> i don't see anything wrong with that plan uh we had rosemary uh defeating to neil dashwood um this is a, a kind of like a weird feud but i think we're over with it uh in the pay-per-view hard to kill we saw rosemary and, and steve crazy steve defeat to neil and kayla with a k in a tag team, so now this was the singles match, and Rosemary just um, defeated Dashwood. It the match was, it was the like right now what seems to be like now the usual stuff from Dashwood, where Caleb with a K, I hate saying the whole name, with Caleb, um, distracts Rosemary so that Dashwood can get the upper hand, and then Rosemary made a comeback and won with the that butterfly bomb that she does. I don't, I think it's called the the Sabobso below. I'm not 100% on that. Uh, but to me, like, the, the big thing here was that after the match backstage, we saw Larry D make his return from prison. And D actually won a revenge on Rosemary. And so we had, like, a little standoff between Triple XL and DK. Um, actually, Larry D knocked out Crazy Steve. <laughs> and so I, I wonder if this is going to be a program that they're going to go into. Uh, a triple XL versus Decay, and I wonder if they're gonna bring someone to back up Decay, and to not have intergender stuff. Uh, ma mainly because Triple XL is a is a big team, so they they tend to be physical. I don't know if they're gonna want to have Rosemary as the the other team, you know. But it seems like that's the direction for these two teams right now. I am actually kind of glad that we're done with Tennille versus Rosemary. I think that's it, the end. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. And uh, we have Deanna Parasso and Kimberly and Susan. And they're just like celebrating because they defeated Taya. And now she's gone from the company. And then Jazz and Jordan Grace walked up. And it was pretty much just Susan and, and Jordan Grace challenging each other to a match next week. Um... This was nothing. It's just, I mean, it's just a setup to a match. Susan was actually, the, she had a line that I found really funny. And it was just, uh, I don't even remember. It was about like uh, physical harm or something. Uh, Susan, I think Susan is Su Young's best character so far. I mean, Su Young is, is the best. But I think Susan is better than Susie <laughs> for, for what it works. Uh, and so now we have the big fire and flavor fest and oh boy was this terrible this was 
actually quite embarrassing to watch. Um, so we have Alicia Edwards in the ring and she's calling herself MC Alicia. And it's just her and her terrible acting pretending to be like talking. I don't even know what she was pretending to be, but it was just terrible. In the ring, we have um, one of the referees. We had Johnny, Johnny Bravo. We had uh, some ladies that came out with Johnny Swinger. Swinger was outside the ring. Like there's like a cheap ass table and some like f like food. <laughs> it just looks like shit. Um, and so Kira Hogan, and Alicia and, and Tasha Seals come out and they just like start putting each other over. They're just bragging. Uh, and then all the quote unquote guests start complaining that this party is shit, which I mean, it was, but then their acting was also shit. Um, uh, and at the end, it all led to Havoc and Nevea sneaking into the party and attacking Tasha Steels and Kira Hogan. And so it does seem like we are going to continue that feud. I, I was kind of worried that this was going to be this season's wrestle house and who shot johnny bravo it may still be but at least we know that there is actual wrestling involved and for the titles and so that is like i i just hope it, it's about the titles um but yeah like this was just bad like it's your overdone heel championship celebration that everyone does they're always pretty shitty and they're always quite somewhat predictable like on paper it's it's okay it wasn't that bad on paper but just the the execution itself came out like super bad mm, yeah like i i don't know like this is something that i wish they just at least would have done it i don't know like maybe outside of the venue like not in the ring it just looked bad uh we had chris Saban and, and james storm meet up and they're just agreeing that they're gonna like still go after the titles so i mean it's good use for chris Saban. and like i said last week james storm is just flirting a lot with impact i don't know what his status is we had joe doring squash cousin jake and this was just, I mean, yeah, this was just a squash. Uh, Joe Doring is a monster. Like, Jake hit, like, a big over-the-top rope dive. And not even that took Joe off his feet. And then Doring just destroyed Jake with a bunch of power moves and a big area for the win. Uh, the big angle here is that after the match, they would try to pilmanize Jake's leg. But, well, they teased it. And Eric Young stopped Cody Diener and Doring and he he decided to offer cousin Jake a spot in in Byland by the sign. I I have to imagine that he's not gonna take it because Cody Diener turned on him. And so it'd, it'd be just shitty if like he also decides to join. So I don't know. That, but what I am hoping for is that this could lead to a big um cousin jake push where he like where he's like just rejecting this big team so that, that has potential uh for for J cousin jake and 
I guess we can make a note here. Uh, they debuted a new like video uh, for the entrance theme, and one guy that gets like a really obvious showcase by himself is Cousin Jake. There is a chance that he's going to ge be getting a push out of this, and that's another reason why I don't think he's going to jo join. Uh, and finally, we had the main event. And I already spoiled it. It was Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Tommy Dreamer, and the returning Trey Miguel defeating the team of Moose, Sammy Callahan, Cam Shamrock, and Chris Bay. This was your quintessential multi-man, multi-wrestler match where we start with pair-offs and then someone from the babyface team gets cut off. There's a lot of work. And then they go into the whole tornado thing where everyone gets their chance to... To hit like their signature move or, or their big move and then it comes down to the last two and in this case it was trey miguel and sammy callahan and who would have found good uh trey miguel pinned sammy callahan after trey reversed a package power driver into a small package uh interesting so Obviously, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Trey Miguel is back because he couldn't get into NXT. But, I mean, we don't really know the reasons why he didn't end up with the Rascals. By all means, he may have never been thinking about NXT, but he had to leave with the Rascals so he could just then come back as Trey Miguel. Uh, we don't really know the story, but he looked good. Uh, he changed his look a little bit. He was way more aggressive. And pinning Callahan is no... It's nothing to just brush off, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Trey Miguel versus Callahan pro, uh, like program forwards uh, rebellion. Mm, it, be, it would be good for Trey. It would be good to just keep Callahan busy. Unless Callahan does something with AW. But by all means... I don't know. Like, I'm happy for Trey. Uh, he he was never really, like, featured that much with the Rascals. He was always the guy that got, like, the singles the singles championship shots. So, I mean, uh, Impact likes him. He'll probably get pushed. He He's a really good worker, especially, like, if he works with certain people. So, I, I don't know. Good for him. And that was it for Impact this week. Like I said, it was like a mess show. Inside the ring, I thought it was good. Like the main event was good. The the Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers was good until the end. The Joe Doring squash was beautiful because Joe Doring is a beautiful, beautiful man. And I mean, for that matter, Josh Alexander, Cardona, Austin, and Fulton was good. Uh, I'm just like not personally a fan of Matt Cardona, but like the match was good. I, I, I cannot complain. It was well wrestled. The only really stinker was Ro Rosemary and Dashwood. And by all means, it was okay. It, at least from what I've read on the internet, it wasn't the worst women's match of the week. Uh, it was okay. Like just it's it's there, you know, like the only bad thing this show was really the, the fire and flavor, which like I said, I am hoping that it just stays as a means to getting the Havoc and Avea versus Favor, uh, Fire and Flavor feud continuing and not as a, as this new comedy storyline for this season. But uh, 
yeah i mean we'll see where things go uh we do have a card oh not a full card but we do have like a better idea of what's gonna happen at no surrender that is february the 13th we still have two weeks but we do have rich swan versus tommy dreamer we have the good brothers defending against private party uh and i think that's the only thing that's been like fully fully cemented at this point but if you ask me we may be getting um maybe callahan versus trey miguel there maybe we're, we're likely gonna get uh another fire and flavor versus Hamilton nevea match there uh we could potentially be looking into rosemary and crazy c versus triple excel um we may get more Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. Uh, we may get the actual X Division title match between Rohi Raju and TJP with whoever like is going to be Rohit's muscle. And so there, like, there's there's things happening. Uh, we'll see how many make it to No Surrender and how many end up becoming bigger things forwards Rebellion. Uh, but anyway, that is it for this week. Uh, it was a long show this week. Uh, previewing shows ended up being way more than just talking about one show but i think it was worth it we have a big weekend we're, we're probably gonna have like a big show next week too uh maybe with some minisodes but that is it uh remember to go to itunes and spotify and leave a like leave a review leave a thumbs up a heart whatever they have whatever they offer uh go to dw revolution on twitter where i will be posting this show and many more and we can have conversations there and if you ha want to have like longer conversations more than 144 characters you can go to drestlingrevolution.com where i have where we have uh all the written versions of the shows that we talked about uh on this show where we have a, a bulletin board where you can go in and talk and and fully go deep into any show that we want to talk about and for that matter, you can go to Figure4W online where you can find the full Impact Wrestling uh, live results that I do every week on Tuesday night, right before I start recording the show. Uh, so that is it. Enjoy your week. Take like try to rest t tomorrow, today and tomorrow, and maybe even Friday, because Saturday and Sunday. There's a lot of wrestling to watch. So rest up, eat healthy, don't go off on bike rides and don't pollute and have a pleasant today. Yeah. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>